What up, guys? This is a Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler Cribs. And I'm Ever. Hi, guys. All right, so today what we've got in store is we're going to touch on the NFL draft. Definitely going to touch on this Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary, Straight Fire. And we are also going to talk about the quarantine very, uh, very tiny amount and probably hit some Tiger King despite Ever's uh, disaversion to that fucking topic. But first, let me hit you with this straight Fuego intro track. was uh my man eddie ruger and uh, his guy philly fresh threw that together for us uh forgot to mention it in the intro episode but uh they gave us the intro and my boy colin cease threw together the image for our podcast it looks really good yeah. so yeah, thank you very much them. guys thank you very much definitely so like i said uh first thing we're gonna jump into real quick is this nfl draft um we don't we're not gonna stick to sports too long just because i know everyone's not into that but Despite there being no actual sports played, it's one of the very few things still going on. So, uh, NFL draft, number one pick, Joe Burrow. How, how are we feeling about what we, what we think Joe Burrow is going to do in the league? Yeah, see, I think I think he's going to be great. I think at a certain point, I mean, just there's just going to be so much talent around him. I mean, he's got A.J. Green still. They drafted a couple of wide receivers, or a wide receiver, I'm pretty sure. And, I mean, I, I think he's going to be, at a minimum, of, you know, all maybe not all pro but definitely pro bowl at least for a few years i think definitely i mean hell i think mitchell trubisky made the pro bowl so yeah, obviously exactly. the bar's pretty low yeah. <laughs> shout <laughs> no, out to I UNC mean, I, football yeah yeah i mean hey, hey he's he was nobody's gonna be able to take away that second pick overall so he'll <laughs> always have that he'll always have that plaque but yeah i mean i you know i so i i'm not a i, I follow college football for carolina um and I follow it sort of, not super closely, but I know which teams are good. I know, you know, who does well, the Heisman race, usually that kind of stuff. Um, and so I watched him play a few games. You know, I watched him play in the playoffs, and I watched him play against Alabama um, toward the end of the season, and he looked great in all of them. I mean, he looked like head and shoulders better than everybody. I mean, yeah, the closest guy... Stunning. Yeah, I mean, the closest guy I can think of was probably Trevor Lawrence. And even, I mean, he made Trevor Lawrence look pedestrian in the national championship. Although of course that was probably also the defense, yeah, um, but yeah, I think is a monster. Yeah, I think he's gonna be pretty good. Um, I'm excited to see what he does um, with AJ Green and and uh, the Bengals and John Ross. Although I know they didn't pick up his fifth year option, but I think you know the wide receivers and the running backs, you know, Joe Mixon, Gio Bernard. I think he's gonna have a good team around him. Definitely, I think I agree with 100 percent of that. Um, he's definitely going to be a high quality starter in the league for a hot minute. Um, I don't think we're going to have to worry about him being a straight up bust or anything like that. The only thing I will say is all these people need to calm the fuck down trying to tell me this man had the best season in college football because that man couldn't hold Cam Newton's jockstrap. No, I mean, it, I mean, Cam Newton 
since I saw him play until now, I still think he has the greatest college quarterback season of all time. I mean, the man won every single individual award he can think of, including the Heisman. He, uh, I think he had, uh, I should probably look this up right now. He had something ridiculous, like I think 30 touchdowns and uh, 20 rushing, 20, 30 passing. Let me see, I'm pulling it up right now. Should I had it? He had 30 passing and 21 rushing. So he accounted for 50 touchdowns in his lone year at Auburn. Um, so, I mean, and, and if you look at the people around him on that team, I, I believe only Nick Fairley was also drafted. So, and even he wasn't that great of a player. So, I mean, just in terms of talent around him, if, if Cam had had the, the, the players around that Joe had, he would have put up easily maybe 70 touchdowns, I believe. Absolutely. Joe had all-stars all around him. He had so many people get drafted. Even in the first round, I think he had a few of his teammates also get drafted. Um, but yeah, Cam Newton throws fucking lasers and, and is built like Brandon Jacobs. He's like six, four, <laughs> like, this man's like a thick LeBron James, just straight bowling people over. It, exactly. It's the most ignorant thing I've ever seen at quarterback. And I, people saying that Joe Burrow, you know, had a better season than him are out of control. Yeah. And I just yeah. don't see it. Me neither. Me neither. And, and I'm sure we'll talk more about Cam and sort of, you know, what he was able to do in the league. Hopefully, in the episode when he gets signed in the future, I, I'd like to talk more about him. But, um, yeah, I think Joe's going to be good. But the idea of him being a better quarterback, or at least having a better quarterback season than Cam, I think is ridiculous. Or at least, I mean, maybe not ridiculous because he did have a great season, but, I mean, Cam was otherworldly in that season. Yeah, no, fuck that. It is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not I'm not measuring any of my statements. Uh <laughs> So, yeah, also shout out to the Cowboys, Pickett, C.D. Lamb. Now we got three dope wide receivers, Zeke and Dak. Uh, fuck it, we're winning the Super Bowl. Don't care what anyone says. Um, <laughs> so, That's right. We are also both Cowboys fans, but please don't hold it against us. No, nah, fuck Dude. that. Hold it against us. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. We're only, what, three other teams got more Super Bowls than us? Hold my yeah. dick. Um, <laughs> so, so, fuck that. All right. So, the, the next thing I want to talk about while we're staying on the topic of sports is uh, this MJ Last Dance documentary, which is phenomenal. Uh, it's a 10-part documentary, so, you know, 10 hours of runtime, but when you take out commercials, probably going to come out to, like, 7, and I'm here for every last minute of it because yes. we're getting two hours a night uh, every week, and, and I was worried that I was going to struggle to stay awake through it because it's running late and I'm washed, uh, but... I was up for every minute of it. Didn't realize it was 11 o'clock when it was over. So yeah. definitely here for it. My favorite thing that I would like to touch on first is that Michael Jordan being the known dickhead he is within 15 minutes of this documentary is roasting the shit out of his general manager. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we've known that he was a jerk for pretty much since the 90s i mean it's common knowledge that he's 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 kind of a dick and even he said it before the documentary came out that you know once people see this documentary they're gonna think i'm a jerk or something which i i you know i maybe i don't know i, I think does he kill someone go- in this documentary how could you possibly <laughs> look like a bigger jerk than everyone knows you are 
<laughs> exactly. I mean, there's that famous, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, the Chameleonaire story about how he went up to him and he was a total jerk to him. If you haven't seen it, definitely look it up on YouTube. I think it'd be too long to clip in here. I think it's almost seven minutes long. But he, he goes into detail about how he, you know, up and, he was an up and coming rapper and he went up to Michael Jordan and he totally blew him off. But the, literally anybody who's ever come into contact with Michael Jordan um, has a story like that. And also, did I say Michael Jackson? No, a little bit you said of, Michael no, okay, Jordan. Jordan. Okay, because, you know, it happens from time to time. But yes, but yeah, I, I also think the documentary is fantastic. Um, at the time of this recording, there's only been four episodes and all of them have flown by. Um, the stories are all super interesting and everybody's being honest. Although I, I do think that they might've given Jordan a bit too much of, uh, an editorial input. Oh yeah. He, he definitely made sure who's going to look bad and who's going to look good in these stories. But yeah. Fuck, it's Michael Jordan. What are you going to do? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm very excited to watch the next two, uh, this week and then the last four over the next few couple weeks. Um. Yeah. What do you What do you think? What are you looking forward to in the next few weeks? Like, is there any sort of topic that you want them to touch on? I think they said this week it's going to be about Kobe and his influence in the league. Not Kobe's, but Jordan's. But what What are you looking forward to in the next few weeks? So the first four episodes have been basically episode ones about the team and Michael Jordan and and what has led up to the final championship. And then episode two was about Scotty and episodes three and four were about Dennis Rodman. Cause that motherfucker deserves two episodes because he's a fucking <laughs> madman. Um, <laughs> real quick, just another story I want to touch on of Michael Jordan being a dickhead is my favorite video of Michael Jordan is Chris Paul being a Jordan athlete is running a camp. And he's like, Michael Jordan, if you miss a shot out of these 20 shots, I'm going to have you take, can all these kids here get a free pair of Jordans and Michael Jordan sinks every last one of those fucking shots <laughs> and walks away. Fuck them kids. They don't need no shoes. Fuck them. This is my I'm sure, favorite fucking video. Is, Michael Jordan. I'm sure. I'm sure he gave all those kids shoes, but I the don't know idea that he did. I don't know them? that he did. I could totally see this man being like, yeah, fuck you. I ain't paying for shit. It's coming out of Chris Paul's wallet. I'm out. I, I could see it 100%. That would, yeah, that definitely sounds like something he would do. But, but uh, what I'm looking forward to seeing, so, though, sorry. Yeah. What I am looking forward to seeing, though, is as we get further away from, uh, you know, uh, it, they've hit everything. There's been a million documentaries, I feel like, of Michael Jordan. Everyone knows the mythology. But, mm -hmm. but seeing some of the intricacies behind the actual season. Like, for example, I had no idea that they tried to blow this up before the last championship. Have you got to be right, out of your yes. fucking mind? So you win two and you win three. Michael Jordan leaves, comes back, wins the next two. And you're like, I don't even want to try it again. Fuck it. We'll just go with that. That definitely, I think that's definitely been the number one thing that I sort of have learned from this. You know, I, I knew about the eighties and his time at Carolina and his, his struggles in his early years and the bad boy Pistons and all that. I knew about all that, even if I didn't know it in detail. What I had no idea was the turmoil about that last season. Um, maybe I'm, you know, if, if there's anybody listening who's a little bit older who remembers that, but I, I had no idea. You, you kind of remember, or the, you're told he had, you know, the two three peats, and you sort of imagine, oh well, you know, they won the first three, then he leaves, 
he comes back, he wins the other three, and then at the end he goes, you know what, I'm riding off into the sunset with six, but you, you know, nobody ever talks about, oh, well, you know, the general general manager basically said that Phil's not coming back next year, and Jordan wasn't going to come back unless Phil was, and so, I mean, Yeah, as knows? kids, what you, yeah. what you hear is that, like, or, or what you think in your head, the story you know, is that this man cakewalked through the first three, Pete, and then decided to try his hand at baseball for whatever reason that occurred. Uh, you don't really, we don't really get into yeah. that as children. But then he just caked walk through the next three, and that's what I thought it was. And he was like, "Cool, I got six, I'm out." But yeah, it's uh-huh. totally not yeah, what like, was going on. Exactly. Like I always felt, it always felt to me like he was like, "All right, six, one more than Kareem, I'm done, I'm, I'm gone." Right. Exactly. So I'll be interested to see some more like that kind of behind the scenes stuff and then seeing the intricacies of the Steven, uh, season. Like I want to see him punch Steve Kerr in the face. I want that footage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And great sound bites from other people. Like um, I think it was Ron Harper who had one of the great lines. And um, who was the other guy on his team about Oh, he, when he called uh, the Pistons players a bunch of bitches or something. So I, I those are the little nuggets like that. Are the the things that have been uh, have been, in my opinion, most interesting? Hearing these players talk, honestly, and not just like the usual. Well, you know, they were great players, and you know, it was about competition or things like that. Right? Is it? He's not giving cliche reporter answers. I mean, this man is like, they wouldn't let me play because of minute restrictions. I think they were wanting me to tank. Fuck them coaches. He says that on ESPN. I was like, oh, shit, we're allowed to do that? I looked around in my fucking bedroom looking for people, to the FCC, to come busting through the fucking doors. <laughs> same, same. But uh, you said you saw a quote about people saying how many points Michael Jordan could score in today's NBA? Yes, yes. His former agent, um, he, you know, or maybe current agent, but... They're talking about how in today's NBA, with the rule changes and the offensive changes, um, how in today's game, his points per, per game would be like 50 or 60, which I think, of course, everybody knows is absolutely ridiculous. Unless you're a total Jordan stan, there's no way anybody could score, even Michael Jordan, that much per game in today's NBA. Can I, can I be honest with you? Yeah. Okay, so I definitely don't think it's that outlandish. So my main reason, my my logic for this, right, is that Uh Russell Westbrook averages, you know, aside from his last season, I think he was a little, he was a little lower than he normally was. Russell Westbrook can average like 30 points, right? And Mm -hmm. we're talking about a guy that can't shoot at all um, and, and has a similar motor to Michael Jordan. I think we would both agree that Russell Westbrook takes zero plays off. Um, right, and, right. and Michael Jordan, a hundred percent takes zero plays off. So I think if we're talking about Michael Jordan growing up today, right, he will be still as freakishly athletic, which I understand, you know, as time goes on, people get more athletic in all the sports, you know what I mean? Like linemen are yeah. running like four, six forties or whatever the fuck they're, that Tristan Wirfs ran at the fucking yeah. combine. Um, but I watched that man come back at 40 for the Wizards and pin someone shot with both hands on the backboard. Like He was <laughs> definitely more athletic than we give him credit for. And then right. we're talking about that athleticism, that drive, and no one can hand check him. And if we're talking about him growing up today, he will shoot better than he did back then. You know what I mean? Right, I, right. I think I mean, if we take all things considered, like if we took Michael Jordan out of 96 and just dropped him in right now, he's not going to score that many. Defense has gotten too advanced. 
he he's not a good enough shooter. But if we talk about Michael Jordan, who he was growing up today, I, I could totally see him averaging 50. I mean, fuck it. Are, are we going to say that he's not as prolific as James Harden? Right, right. But yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I definitely feel like, you know, more of Jordan's shots would probably come from three, which would improve it. Um, I just don't know. I mean, you know, even with his ungodly, I think it was 88 season where he averaged close to 80 or 38 or 37. I mean, that's still 12 points off. And, and I don't know. I just don't feel like he would. But but that's with like zero I mean, efficiency from the three point line. You know what I mean? Like, right. could you imagine? Because the thing is, is, and also one that's as much as I do think the physicality of the 90s is slightly overrated. I mean, like, there were definitely people fucking elbowing that man through the lane, and that doesn't happen anymore. So, right, that man's coming through like Giannis, just fucking dunking <laughs> on everyone, and then also probably going to have a three-point shot if he grows up today. You know what I mean? Right. Because yeah. even for the time, his three-point shot wasn't bad. You know what I mean? It's not like he yes. was a terrible three-point shooter. It's just, you know, that wasn't valued that. during that time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the year that he, I mean, the year that he averaged the big... 1988 year he averaged 37.1 points per game and he only hit 12 threes in the entire season like that's Steph Curry hits that in a game like that's the rec that used to be the record I think the record now is 13 or 14 which I think either I think Clay has it it at 14 right like Clay just fucking shoots like nobody else is in the gym with him that's what Jordan had in a season and that was his best season so maybe I mean I I'm not saying he he could average 50 every fucking season, but I think if he played, you could definitely get a peak season where he was averaging 50. I think it's possible. I'm not saying it's likely, but I think it's possible. Maybe if he played on a shit team like 06 Kobe. Yeah, like the Hornets. You know what I mean? Like a real shitty team run by a guy who can't run a team. You know what I mean? Like one yeah, of those. Who, who could that be? Uh, yeah, a notorious gambler, maybe. <laughs> a guy whose eyes are the color of uh, Doritos, maybe. <laughs> oh man, that man's eyes are the shade of a stick of butter that's just been thrown in a frying pan. And I do not understand how it happens. <laughs> They're like a beautiful sunset in that it's the exact same shade. Oh <laughs> uh, God. Oh boy. All right. So I I definitely think it's possible. Real quick, goat conversation, greatest of all time. Who you got, Michael Jordan or LeBron? Oh, still LeBron. I mean, if you give LeBron in 20 years a documentary where he can, I guess, oversee most of it and he gives his own part of, you know, his own perspective and doesn't bring back, I don't know, the Celtics to talk about it or maybe just brings back one of the Celtics to talk to, to talk about it from the 08 team, then maybe. But, yeah, I it's still LeBron. I mean, by the time he's done, he's going to be in the top three of, of scoring, rebounds, and assists. Just, you know. Somebody who's who I I think I've appreciated since you know because he's been playing at a high level since since he came in the uh, league since he came in the league I mean since I was in seventh grade yes yes and so I I I still have LeBron but Jordan is too so I've got I've got Jordan I think now and I, I I was originally Jordan and I definitely switched to LeBron kind of recently but I think I'm back to Jordan and I think. I think if a twenty, you know, if a ten-part documentary comes out for LeBron, it's definitely possible to sway me. Um, I'm not too hard on either one of these, but yeah. there's a couple. I mean, of things. can you imagine? Can you imagine a full, like, you know, behind-the-scenes camera crew? I mean, I don't know if it's true, but if it had followed him during the uh, sixteen finals, like, oh my that god, could yeah. sway you back definitely. But I think that what I've got going for me for Jordan is, you know. 
he was so dominant. And, and you know, people say that about LeBron. But, like, on the other side of the coin is that I can't – you can't find anybody that that says, like, Jordan wasn't all that great. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's like, yes. Jordan's out yeah, here yeah, overrated. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. like, you could definitely find somebody to tell you LeBron's overrated. I'm trying to – like, like, you could yep. definitely find someone. And then another yep. thing that popped in my head that came through this documentary is that Michael Jordan came into the team as a rookie on a trash-ass Bulls team, and when he showed up, they said that every person there was like, this dude's definitely the best player on the team. Within, like, a practice. They're like, oh, yeah. that's the dude. I mean, B- Bob Knight – the year that he was drafted, Bob Knight had him on the Olympic team, and he said he told the Trailblazers to pick him at number two. So yeah, and and like I said, he came into the team. They immediately were like this is the best one. But yeah. on the other hand, LeBron went to the Cavaliers, and I don't remember that dude's name. But there was a dude that infamously was like, I thought he was just coming on team, help me score. Like, yeah, yeah, uh huh. <laughs> like, like nobody but said I mean, that about Michael. I don't... I don't think I don't think that's the the the, the sort of the I think that's more the guy thinking more of himself than probably you know right but all these sort people of general are consensus all these people are professionals so if we're talking about the people on the team Michael Jordan I don't care how poorly you think of yourself you got to look at this rookie and be like this is just some fucking rookie I've been in the league for years <laughs> fuck this kid I'm better than this kid one practice he was like no nah, I'm good fuck that dude's the one. <laughs> So, like, I think all this mythology kind of going into it is definitely kind of swaying me back to Michael Jordan. But, like, if all this mythology still occurs with LeBron, you know what I mean? I'm, I am I could yeah. just as easily, you know, flip back. I, and to LeBron's credit, I don't think LeBron trails Michael Jordan in a single stat. Uh, like, he, he, he rebounds more. He has a better shooting percentage. Uh, he scores more points, maybe. I, I, Definitely uh, more threes. Yeah, more threes. Um, I think more triple doubles. Yeah, more um, rebounds. Not points per game. Points per game, I think Jordan still holds the record, I think, overall. But, you know, Le- LeBron, he is a scorer, but I just don't think he well, LeBron, is at the same Le- The level. amount. Or he, he's, he's, he, he's, he's wired a little bit differently. Not, not in a bad way, but just that, that's how he is. Absolutely. The amount that Michael Jordan eclipses him in, in points is... I don't have the numbers in front of me. Can't be anywhere close to the amount of assists that LeBron eclipses Michael Jordan. Right. Le- right. LeBron is a much better distributor than Michael Jordan was. And so, like, if we're talking, you know, if we talk a game of one-on-one, as much as everyone wants to say Michael Jordan, I can't find a way for Michael Jordan to win a game of one-on-one. LeBron is 6'8", two, what is he, like 250, 260? He's a brick-built shithouse. And, and... He's got a post game. I can't imagine any scenario where the LeBron gets the ball and goes into the post and doesn't just dominate Michael Jordan just for the sheer fact of being so much bigger and heavier. Right, right, right. All right, look, let me, to wrap up this this topic, let me go down different categories and I'll ask you to see who is better, or who has more or is better at it um, and see if you can get them right, okay? Uh, per game. So these are going to be per game. Okay. Points. I, I'm going to say Michael Jordan. Yep. Rebounds. That's got to be LeBron. It is. Assists. LeBron. Yep. Steals. That one's going to be tough. I'm going to say Jordan. Yep. Blocks. LeBron. Yep. Tied up. Point eight. What? Yep. yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Tied. I don't care. LeBron's blocks are infinitely more spectacular because that man goes the full <laughs> length of the court and slams your shit into the fucking eighth row. Continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fuel goal percentage. LeBron. 
Three percentage. Bron. Free throw. That's got to be Jordan because Bron is horrific at free throws for how yep. good he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now here's total. Points. So I know Michael Jordan's better per game, but I feel like with all the years taken off and his kind of early retirement, it, it might be Bron now, right? Yeah, it is by 2,000 points. Okay. Uh, rebounds? Bron. Assists? Bron. Steals? Uh, maybe Bron. No, Jordan. Okay. But And then uh, finally blocks. But this one was tied, but similar to the points, Bron has more games, so he has more blocks. Right. And and that's something that, like, it's kind of hard to measure against because people will talk, you know, like, LeBron's got all these numbers, but he didn't take two years off for baseball. He he didn't go to college for, how long was Mike in college? Three years? Three years, yeah. So he was there until he was 21. Bron was, you know, hit the ground running at 18. Which, which you know, is completely unrelated, but I think this is what we're going to end this topic with, is I don't understand how the fuck UNC fans have Michael Jordan on their fucking roster, and he's not their best college player. Because fucking goofy-ass Tyler Hansbro had, is the most unfathomable fucking success story I've ever seen. I yep. hate watching that man play baseball. Four-time All-American, you know, Naismith. NCAA championship. But fucking yeah, seven-foot goofball. It's crazy. That's the- yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so speaking of fucking goofballs, all right, have you watched Tiger yeah. King? I have not. And I probably won't. I feel like at this point, it's kind of, you know, in a, in a week or so, it'll we'll, we'll have moved on to something else. But I, I just didn't get a chance to, and it, it never sort of sparked my interest in a way that it did for other people. Right, yeah. So the thing is, like, I'm just a general scumbag. Um, I, I love watching psychos move through life. Um, I definitely don't watch enough serial killer documentaries, but all of these people in this fucking documentary are 100% capable of being a serial killer. Maybe not through efficiency, but through sheer will. Like, I don't think any of these people could pull off more than one murder without getting caught, but they definitely would think about it. So I sort of know the basics and I, I, I know enough about it to be able to have a conversation about it, at least a little bit. Like, oh, you know, there's a guy named Joe, and then this lady killed her husband. And stuff. Um, <laughs> which, but that's kind of my extent of it. Which, by the way, I understand 100%. It, it wouldn't be hard for a documentary to make artistic, I'm putting that in quotes, artistic choices um, or artistic liberties to make it seem like she killed her husband. But for all intents and purposes... That bitch killed her husband. Um, <laughs> her, or they asked, like, they brought up apparently one of the rumors is she has a meat grinder, right? You know, because she has fucking tigers. Um, so you have a meat grinder, and she's like, her response. They're like, how do you respond to allegations that you, you know, killed him and put him through the meat grinder and fed him to tigers? And her response is, that meat grinder's way too small to fit a person through. Bitch, that's not the correct answer. That is the incorrect answer. The correct answer is. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't fucking kill him. Why would I do that? Not like, here's the reason I couldn't. This bitch over here looking like OJ Simpson, right? Like, if I would have done it, it wouldn't have worked in the fucking meat grinder. You're out of your mind. Right, right. But uh, so that's, you know, you've been watching that during this quarantine. Is there anything else that you've been watching or that, you know, you want to get caught up on? 
Um, I've definitely, uh, me and Caitlin have been watching Mad Men, and so I watched Mad Men back when it originally came out for the first season, Mm -hmm. and then I guess just because I'm incapable of following a story, the moment season two came up and his wife is just on a fucking horse in the middle of nowhere, and I don't know what the fuck's Mm -hmm. going on anymore, I was like, I think I'm just gonna check out of this one. I think I'm good. (laughs) And I stopped watching, but she picked it up, uh, you know, uh, with everything going on and has been watching a lot of that. I've been picking up some of it with her, um... So I've definitely right, been checking yeah. that out. Yeah, I mean, that's a good quarantine series. I feel I remember watching it live. Like, I watched every season live. And it's definitely a show that I think you need time with. I, I don't think you can binge it. Um, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. Definitely. That You know what other show? Is, oh, boy. And this is a fucking disgrace because I didn't finish this show either. But what other show had that same effect with me and I just had to barrel through it was The Wire. I think it's season three. All of a sudden, you're just on mm-hmm. fucking shipping docks with a bunch of fucking goofy-ass white people, fucking Polacks <laughs> out here fucking just, just have a bunch of fucking problems. And I'm like, what happened to every character that we've followed for two seasons? And it starts right. so off for like the first right, couple right, episodes, right. but I bulldoze through it. Still haven't finished that no, series, good. Yeah, you, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's my favorite, still my favorite TV series of all time. And I remember I watched it, I think, five or six years ago. And, and you're right, season two starts and you're like, wait, who are these people? Who are these characters? And I knew that it, they were different characters for every season. I didn't know that it was going to be that hard of a sort of turn to it. But uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen The Wire yet, please give it a chance. Please watch it, especially in, in these times when you, I'm hoping, you know, you have more time to to focus on shows you've been trying to catch up on. Yeah, shout out to your but boy it, being essential, it's... though. No free time. Uh, I still work every day, fucking drive. I, I hate it. But, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I still get yeah, a paycheck. Same, so, same. you know, I can't be too mad. Same. But, um, so yeah, yeah, definitely The Wire. Is there any movies or anything, like, you, you would suggest during this period? Um, I've been watching, you know, just... I, I, I do have a list of, like, all-time great movies that I, I'm either trying to watch or I'm trying to get my girlfriend to watch. But... I, I, sometimes I just kind of go, you know what? Put on the Mummy. We watched the Mummy last week with Brendan Fraser. So sometimes you know you you want to get a mix of quote unquote great movies, and then sometimes you want to just um you know have the the just want to check out the, uh, for like a solid hour and a half. Yes, yeah, and not think about it, nothing about bad stuff. Right, like, you got to sit there and somehow fucking imagine <laughs> Brendan Fraser to be a fucking uh, action star. Okay, right, and dude, and and like, but like rewatching it, like he is. Very charismatic and 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 it's kind of surprising. Like he has a great energy about him, and which I think comes naturally. I don't think you can train that. I think he's he's just very naturally good in that role in a way that I I, I think I didn't remember from the first time watching it. Of course, I hadn't seen it in almost fifteen years. But um, if you haven't seen it in a while, rewatch it and watch it for him and see how natural he is in in a way that I think most people don't remember. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it in forever, and I, I can't, I just can't imagine it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. like Kalen's number one memory of Brendan Fraser is, is uh, God, was it George of the Jungle, maybe? George of the he, Jungle. He, like, suplexes yeah, a fucking lion. I was like, get the yes, fuck out yes. of here. It's like the, the, the Tarzan parody, the Austin Powers version of Tarzan. But the, the best compliment I can give Brendan Fraser in that movie is that he is pretty much... Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black combined. 
of course, I mean, not not like the sum, but like if you could merge those characters, those personalities, into one, that's who he plays. Yes, gotcha. You know, if we're talking about people that like shouldn't have been action heroes, but apparently nailed it, right? This is I'm gonna go kind of in the other direction, which is someone that at the time I think nailed it, but right now I can't imagine them nailing it. It's fucking Tobey Maguire, Spider Man, because that's the goofy looking motherfucker right there. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> imagine him being Rico Suave hanging upside down. Kirsten, uh, Kirsten Dunst, like in the ring. Right. Can't imagine it. Dude looks right. like a goofball. All I can think of is a think... Spider-Man 3 fucking meme of him doing that awful ass dance down the street in the fucking ridiculous black clothes. Right, right, right. And I think the three people who I, or the three people who I think most have that energy now um, are definitely Tobey Maguire, Brendan Fraser, and I think Keanu. Keanu Reeves. I, I think, um, I mean, now he's got John Wick, and you know he had The Matrix before. But if you watch something like Bill and Ted, you're like, this guy's gonna become, you know, the the next big action hero. But yeah, you know, that's true. He, it's, I... it's that same kind of. It, I think he has that same kind of energy that Brendan Fraser has, where, you know, it, it it's hard to teach. You can't you can't Chris Hemsworth this guy, you know, just because he's good looking and six foot five and and you know has a a. a charming accent you can't shape that it just has to come naturally and i I think that's the hardest part of being a good action hero is that sort of it factor right definitely because you know i bill and ted was before our time um but right you know i can't imagine my first exposure to keanu reeves was the matrix in which he fucking nailed it um so right so i can't imagine if you were a guy that watched bill and ted and then they were like check out this dude he's gonna be doing fucking backflips off walls murdering people like a fucking champ i can't imagine mm-hmm. you being like yeah no i see it you know what i mean like there's no way you're like this is a fucking right. goofball right right i mean yeah there's guys who you there's guys who you just know are gonna be the next big thing or, or the next action hero i think uh well being charismatic i think you know you think about will smith or chris pratt or tom cruise to me like Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, like those guys who you just go, yeah, that fits. But then there's guys who you just see and you're like, wow, like, I guess, you know, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know they had it in there. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird to, to fucking wrap my head around those people like Tobey Maguire. Dude, every time I think about it, I get like a little confused. Uh, <laughs> I have to fucking check my watch, see what time it is, make sure I'm still in my house. I don't fucking end up at a gas station naked like fucking Walter and breaking bed. Oh, uh, <laughs> Now you 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 mentioned you know this isn't in our show notes but it is something that I do find interesting um is you mentioned you know the first movie you watched him in was The Matrix and that is one of the first movies that I remember watching like just like remember having a memory of it's not the first one the first one for me ever was Terminator 2 and I I, I remember it I remember watch like this like not all of it but just clips of it in my mind being like four or five and watching clips of it when it was on TV, but what is, or do you remember the first movie you ever watched? All right, watched? so the first movie I ever watched, right, if I have to, if I have to memorize, are, are we talking like in a theater current type of movie? Oh, no, 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 just like the first memory of watching a movie. All right, so the first memory of watching a movie, you know what, now that I think about it, it's probably still the movie theater one. Um, I, mm-hmm. the, this is the dumbest shit ever. I distinctly remember the fucking credits to Toy Story. I remember the credits. <laughs> the bloopers? <laughs> or the the bloopers or the mean like the actual the credits? The actual credits. Because I think it had, uh, I could be way off here, but this is how it is in my fucking mind's eye, right? Is that the credits are on a black screen rolling up and there's just like, 
um, like random colored outlines of like boots and shit along like the outside, like just like ticker taping down the sides. I could be wrong, but like I, that's what I imagined in my head, and that's my memory. I could have completely manufactured that out of thin air, but for some reason, the credits are are my earliest memory. <laughs> Not shit about the movie, just the credits. Don't know why. Just the actual. Yes, bro. Credits. The actual black screen white text. Fucking, <laughs> fucking a million names that I'm never gonna know credits it, it is yeah yeah i mean i'm watching them right now it's just like you know uh pixar hard hitters you know uh lee uh unkrich pete doctor i mean guys that would go on to make their own movies but at the age of, also are, at like, the age of fucking cacti. three i'm not i'm not like keeping that dude in mind fucking writing notes yeah uh, yeah yeah and then you know the credits you know tom, uh, tom hanks tim allen and stuff that is that's very funny that is very yeah, funny. that's i i don't know why i do remember I do have a distinct memory of the Matrix, though, because my dad got a DVD player at the time, and I think the Matrix dropped on DVD, like, right when DVD players came out, and that was, like, right. the first DVD my dad bought, because he was like, this DVD fucking next level quality, bro, I'm not watching this shit on VHS, <laughs> all these special effects look fucking dope on, on my standard DVD player, and we watched that a thousand right. times. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I you know, I also remember watching it for the very first time. Um, we, it, it's so funny because, you know, it, it ends up being, you know, a movie that's still talked about this day, but to be able to say, that's a movie I remember watching the very first time. I, I remember we got it from Blockbuster. It was a VHS and I remember exactly where it was. It was my dad. He was on one side of the room. I was in the other one. And I remember watching like specific scenes, like where Agent Smith gets blown up or where Trinity does the first, um, bullet time camera the little um, like jumping crane kick shit in the in the office yep, mm-hmm. i remember watching that and being like whoa like and at that point i was probably six or seven and i remember being like whoa like that sounded like anything i'd ever seen um and th- dude like the very first like one of the very first times of I, I remember thinking about this when neo is in the subway and he gets up and he flexes and you see the dust sort of pop off of him I remember thinking that is the coolest shit I have ever seen in my life. And to this day, I think about that every time I see that scene. That's yeah, that is great. What if you had to break, like if you had to get rid of that movie and still, but but still have two scenes, what are the two scenes you're pulling out as like, I want to always be able to see that scene of that movie. Uh, the dojo scene. Yeah, absolutely. um, I know Kung Fu. Yeah. Yep. That one. And the subway fight, the subway fight. I'm I'm trying to remember which one's the subway fight. Uh, it's the one where uh so you know morpheus and trinity escape at the end and then agent smith shows up is that when he first and uh, ha- stops the bullets and like taps the one down no no that's at the end yeah but it it's it, it, so he you know and then he has him uh, agent smith has neo in a chokehold and he's like you know this is the sound of inevitability and then he's like no and then pushes him up to the ceiling and then oh, he flips yeah. out of the way of the subway right before it hits yeah him. okay i do remember that yeah that is dope. My second scene has to be, I'm going to call it the bank scene. I always imagine it to be a bank. I don't know if it actually is. Um, where they walk through the metal detectors and he fucking yeah. opens the which, trench coat which, with a dude, million fucking guns. I was like, that's where I'm at. That's what I want in my life. 
I want to be able to open a trench coat because I'm fucking, what, eight years old at the time? I'm like, that's badass. Leather trench coat, million guns. I watch my man do a fucking cartwheel without touching the ground, holding the bull, the fucking gun perfectly straight, murdering people. That's all I ever wanted in my life. Right. And, oh, and I actually, I read an article with the guys who helped coordinate those scenes in the shootout in the lobby. And those guys actually are big directors now. I mean, one of them does the John Wick series and the other one does the Hobbs and Shaw movie or did the Hobbs and Shaw movie. And they were talking about how every time that they did those shots with the flip, it would take pretty much a whole day to reset. So if they messed up even once, they'd have to stop production, reset all of the bullet squibs in the walls and then reshoot everything. Oh, my God, that sounds fucking terrible bro yeah. like you imagine keanu reeves you fuck it up and just like land on your ankle twist it and just fucking fall over like god damn it there goes the whole fucking day of shooting <laughs> right i mean the, dude yeah yeah it, it's it's absolutely insane and, and um it, one thing that i didn't notice as a kid is you know he they kill those people not the swat guys but the guys in the lobby the security card yeah. guys and as a kid you go oh those are bad guys but then re-watching it you go those are just regular people. <laughs> they're just like, hey, that and metal sort detector justify... went off. And they're just like, get murdered. <laughs> right. And they, they sort of justify it by saying, you know, everybody who's in the system is an our enemy. But, you know, I watched it uh, twice last year, um, once in theaters and then once with my girlfriend at home. And I was like, yeah, that's actually kind of super <laughs> fucked up. And it's like, they don't just like knock him out. Like, I think if that was made today, they probably just punched him and knocked right. him out. But you get a solid gun yeah. butt to the face and that's the maximum. Right, but then back, you know, late late nineties, they just <laughs> murdered the on sight. <laughs> right, right. Oh boy. And I, I was gonna say something else about it. Um, you were talking about the punches. Um, but uh, now go go ahead. I, I'll see if I remember what I was gonna say. Well, um, basically, you know, I was just gonna touch on you know a bunch of movies got postponed because of all the nonsense fucking going on. Um. Which is 100% the right move uh, to postpone those movies. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Which yeah. one are you looking at? You're, you're the movie guy. You know what I mean? Like, you're the movie buff. I, I ask you half the time before I'm about to watch something. What is the movie uh, that got postponed that is the most disappointing it got postponed and that, you know, we should be on the lookout for? Yes, yes. Uh, definitely the Fast and Furious movie. I am a big Fast and Furious movie fan. I, I, I think. I remember remember watching the first one. Same with my dad. You know, it, it was on HBO, and then I've been following it ever since the series. Or the series ever since. So I'm bummed about that because I feel like right now would be the perfect time for a Fast and Furious movie. You know, something that is big. You can sort of yeah, you can absolutely check out you know, just like you did with the Mummy. Check out. We're not here for Vin, Di- yeah, Vin just... Diesel's dialogue. I promise. Right. 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 And now, well, you know, I, I personally, I don't really, I don't say, you know, check your brain at the door because I think there are great action movies that, you know, that you don't have to do that for. Um, and I think if you have to check out your brain for an action movie, I don't think it's very good. But I, I do think that it is that kind of escapism entertainment that I think would be perfect right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is, it's a heist movie, but, and it's not like ever oceans 13 you know what i mean there's never any real right. fucking trickery going on it's just like right. nah, bro right, we right, took right. a safe and just fucking hooked some cars to it bro and we're driving down the highway <laughs> that's how we're getting away yeah now that isn't yeah i mean that that's i mean fast five is still my favorite and that's an all-time sequence for me but yeah that's the one i'm most sad about you know of course bummed about them pushing james bond pushing black widow pretty much everything in the schedule in terms of nationwide movies 
has been pushed up until mid-July. I think the next big one, or the first big one, the only big one left this summer is um, Tenant, the next Christopher Nolan movie. And then I think I still think Wonder Woman is still on schedule for August. But I mean, the way things are going, I wouldn't be surprised if they pushed it at this point to next year because everything in November and December is already full. I haven't watched a DC superhero movie in so long. And I just. Oh, dude, you've been recently. They've been on a little bit of a hot streak. They've been pretty good. I mean, most recently they did Birds of Prey, which I thought was excellent. They did Shazam last year, which was I heard Shazam excellent. was really good, um, and I, I wanted to it, check that yeah, out, but I didn't. Definitely, Aquaman was solid. Wonder Woman is excellent. Um, even the the uh, the Teen Titans go to the movie, the animated one, fantastic. The Lego Batman also fantastic. I don't know, I you know they're they're not all under the right. same you know, continuity, but um, jo- uh, Joker, Joker still you know that counts and I, you know people love that movie I thought it was pretty good but compared to what came before you know the Batman versus Superman's the Man of Man's of Seal uh, Suicide Squad wa- Suicide Squad is so, the last one I watched and it was fucking awful it was awful but I think everything since then has been pretty solid I, I believe the movie the first movie they made after Suicide Squad was Wonder Woman so everything from Wonder Woman onward has been at least good. I at legitimately least enjoyed Man of Steel, and uh, I don't. Uh, maybe I, I it was a bad too. movie, but like I know a lot of people were upset with him snapping General Zod's neck. Right, that was Man of Steel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who? We're talking about a superhero who has no downfalls, no weaknesses. His only possible weakness is this rare meteor material or whatever uh i think maybe it's a piece of his planet like kryptonite um which somehow is simultaneously extremely rare rare and also everyone has it in any given point in time um (laughs) but (laughs) we're talking about a guy with no weaknesses and so his only weaknesses can be character conflicts really and if we're talking about a character conflict I can't come up with one much better than there's another guy who's probably stronger than you at any given moment and, right. and you know, is willing to murder everyone around to, to, to make sure you're dead. And at some point, you just got to be like, you know what? I just got to kind of fucking end this right now. You know what I mean? Right. And I thought that yeah. was a perfect, like, moral conflict, weakness uh, uh, plot point against Superman where you have to see something happen. True, true. But true, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't have a problem with it. I liked Man of Steel. I hated Batman versus Superman. I didn't um, watch that. No, I, I couldn't it, trust myself. Oh my gosh. No, it it is terrible. The world is worse because that movie exists. <laughs> um, but I will say, I do, I, I think I, I, I didn't have a problem with him killing Zod that way at the end of Man of Steel. Spoilers, I guess, for the seven-year movie that was one of the biggest movies of all time, if you're listening to it. But, um, yeah, definitely, I, I don't know, I definitely, well, definitely watch the the most recent DC movies and hopefully they'll give Superman another chance. Cause I think if they do it right, if they do it, how Marvel did Captain America, I think they'll be okay. Definitely. Now, of I course say- I say that like, it's easy. Like it's like, Oh, you know, just find a guy who's perfectly mm-hmm. fit for the role and give him 12 <laughs> movies to fully flesh out an all time movie character. Yeah. No, nah, dude, just bring Henry Cavill back and I'll watch him reload his fucking biceps. Like he does in the mission impossible <laughs> movie. And oh, I'll watch oh, that bring him, on bring fucking him back? reload. I will watch that shit on replay every time over and over. I need to hear the shotgun pumps when he fucking throws his hands down. I need bring it. him back, but maybe let him fucking smile once in a while, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and God, you know maybe so dour. maybe don't CGI his mustache away. 
I mean, I don't know what the answer is because I can't oh, imagine. Wait. You're, I can't, you're I'm, right. Uh, you know what? I do want to make a, in a, a little note. Do not watch fucking Justice League. That movie is also <laughs> terrible. So that's like the one bad DC movie ever since Wonder Woman. But ever since everything else since then has been pretty good. Real quick, one thing I will say you brought up before we dr- drone on about this too long is that you mentioned the Teen Titans Go movie, and I completely yes. forgot about that because my son it just turned one, like April, you know, or mid April, and, and I watched it, you know, because he watches it all the time. First of all, that show's fucking amazing. Teen Titans Go so is good. straight. I've never seen a kids movie that drops actual fucking bars in the in their music. It's usually ticky tack bullshit, bro. Music is really good, bro. I will bump Pyramid Money uh, every fucking day of the week. I will put catching that shit villains? in my car. Did you, have you, did you, bro, you listen oh to God. Catching Villains? Damn, that's like yes, as dude. good as fucking Drake's stuff. <laughs> that shit is so good, and it's seriously. If you're listening no to this right now, for it to be in a kid show, don't. I mean, don't pause and go finish this episode and then listen to catching villains from Teen Titan Go and be amazed that that isn't just like a regular kids show. Yeah, that is that could straight up be a summer hit. And then if you want to fucking listen to like just some ignorant rap shit, listen to Pyramid Money because <laughs> that's just fucking jams, bro. I, I send those to my friends who are grown ass adults on the regular. Oh, <laughs> dude, same, same. But uh, I I don't even know where we started on this. Uh, we were <laughs> <laughs> just quarantine movies. But um, yeah. we we'll, we'll, I think we're starting to to run a little on time. I don't have the tire like timer in front of me because I built this ridiculous fucking uh, <laughs> setup. Yeah. To try and not see things. So we, we got s- like uh, we got like ten minutes. If you want to go over one more topic, if you have something you want to just go over. I mean, I have something that I want to get off my chest that is. Very particular, very exact, but I, I don't want to tweet it out because it would take forever. Nah, get uh, talk your shit. Let's go. Okay, so I am going to talk about the movie 1917. So if you haven't seen the movie 1917, maybe skip, I guess, like two minutes, maybe three. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe hit, hit that 30-second clicker like four or five times for me. So have you seen it, Tyler? I haven't. Do you mind if I spoil it? I don't give a fuck. Go ahead. Okay. So at the end of the movie, so the whole movie is in one long take, or it's made to look like it's one right. long take. Obviously, right? it's There's not no... in one, but they've done they've done a very good job of of setting it up in such a way that it looks like one. Right, right. And the movie won Oscars doing that. Right. So at the end of the you know the whole thing happens, everything happens very matter of factly because that's the way it would be in real life. Right. Which I think works great for everything up until the very very last moment. So at the end of the moment, what these two soldiers are trying to do is stop an attack from happening um and so they have a note that they have to give to a general played by uh benedict cumberbatch and so Odd at the choice. End of the mo- continue yeah i mean it, it, it the whole movie is sprinkled with cameos that border on distracting but anyway at the end of the movie the guy the climax you know he's running on the field which i'm sure you've seen in trailers he's Probably. running on the field and he gets a bunch to of the explosions general. behind him is it that one yeah okay yep yeah, yep yeah. which ugh, showing climaxes of movies and trailers it should be a capital sin in movies but anyway so at the end he gets to the general he gives him the note he says guys you know call off the attack and then it's the climax and this is when you're supposed to be at most of the edge at the edge of your seat he gives him the note and then benedict cumberbatch looks down reads it and he goes okay Jesus Christ, hold on, I haven't seen this movie, I was like, if this motherfucker says like, alright, call it off, I'm going to, that's the no, dumb, yeah, he literally, and then, and that's it, and that's the end of the movie, there's no argument, so in, in he's a, just like, alright, cool, this note, got it, like, 
cool deal. I mean, call that shit out. I do think, I mean, the movie, and then after that, you know, they call it off. But then he goes, well, you know, next week, he or the Benedict Cumberbatch tells the soldier, well, you know, next week they'll just give me a different order, which does give a, the the whole the rest of the movie a twinge of tragedy because it's like, well, this man you know, went we, through all this, and then the answer is like, nothing. back at it next week, guys. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Which I, I do think that works very well, but I do think that in a, in a quote normal movie, that scene, you know, he runs into the room. The the music is hitting the peak. You know, I'm thinking about that, like Hans Zimmer, Christopher Nolan, peak music. He right. gives him the note. The movie cuts to him reading, or the the the, the movie cuts to you know a close up of his face reading it, a close up of our hero sort of reacting to him reading it, a close up of the lieutenants around him, a close up of the note, then a close up of maybe of the fist of our hero sort of clenching, hoping that he says no, and then the music reaches its peak, and then you know you just get a bunch of cuts back and forth, and you get what I've always heard is a De Palma uh, effect, which is, you know, one second stretched out over much longer than what it would be. But that's, you know, that's where the magic of movie comes in. Right. And then he says, okay, call it off. And you extend this one second in 1917 to 30 excruciating climax seconds, you know, where the movie hits its absolute peak. And I think 1917 suffers for not having that. And the ending while tragic and while, you know, earned, feels ever so slightly anticlimactic because of that. That, yeah, I mean, you telling me this here now, having not seen that movie, I immediately, knowing that you were going to talk about a problem, was like, this motherfucker's going to say okay, and I would be so mad at that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, definitely check it out. I mean, it is, it is amazing. And and I hate, you know, we don't have movie theaters anymore. And I, and I hate that you can't just go into a movie theater and say, I would like to watch this movie. Because I think that is one of the movies that definitely benefits from being in theaters. But definitely watch it. Definitely check it out. I mean, it's not something where I would hold it against it because of, you know, and, and like take away a star or, or like half a star or whatever the fuck. But that one thing I think does hurt it. I think in a normal movie cuts are important and it should it sort of shows why edits and why cuts matter in movies right yeah that's that's such an odd choice i mean like you said i get i get the 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 after effect you know what i mean like i feel like there should have been some conflict there right between like whether or like like some conflict between whether he was going to call it off or not and then you could still call it off you still get a climactic like you know um battle you know what i mean it's not like a a fight but it is a you know, a, a conflict. You still get yeah, the dramatic it, it, conflict. It's the climax, right? Right. It's the peak of the movie, and then you and can I still think... get that awful tinge at the end, where he's like, "I'm just gonna be told to start this again next week," and it still right. would hit. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And I do think. I mean, I feel like you know the reason it's in one shot is you know to amplify to show you know the, here's what we can do. It's it's no different than you know a, a basketball player dunking after he or a flexing after he dunks. It's like that to me. Right. Um, and I do think it does help thematically because it, it does feel like this race against time. But if I did have to ping it, or if there is a, one thing I, I think hurts the movie of it being in one shot, it is that, that the final, final confrontation feels ever so slightly anticlimactic because there are no cuts that. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to actually just get something off my chest that I just thought about. Um, and, and kind of end this, I, what I'm going to call a comedy, comedy note is, um, Please, I got an alert on my fucking phone 
to uh, to not ingest disinfectant and and <laughs> that is the most <laughs> wild shit i've ever gotten i we also got a fucking tornado warning recently and that was less confusing than lysol having to come out and make a statement like please you know maybe don't drink <laughs> our shit can you imagine dude, being the guy a... at lysol that's like had this to write is, that copy? No, nah, dude, the dude at Lysol that's like, you know, this would really help sales if, if everyone came and just started buying our shit in bulk to drink it, but we can't really have our name associated with thousands of people dying. Right, so. right. I mean, it sounds like a, like a fucking haywire sketch from Nathan for you, if you've ever seen that show. It's like, the plan is that we're going to get a president who tells everybody to buy Lysol and then to drink it, and then the guy goes, um, you know, that, that, that could work that 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 because they always say that in the show they're always like yeah that could work but yes it's it, it's dude but at this point dude in 2020 nothing surprises me right. i mean we have you know uh people who are protesting uh, somebody trying to protect them we have kim jong-un dying and then undying and then <laughs> now nobody knows if he's dead or not yeah like, we've got people rolling up to fucking state government houses strapped like like let me hornets. <laughs> yeah like and then you know i i'm very politically opposite of our current president but uh, i feel safe to say that Anybody defending this man right now is a full-blown psychopath because as much as people are like, well, obviously he didn't mean disinfectant, Where, why do you get that feeling? This man said <laughs> it kills 99.9% .9 of germs on the outside. Why don't we just try and figure out a way to inject it onto our lungs? Do you think we could do that? Turns to the fucking doctor. This man read the fucking label of Lysol. I was like, can we do something with this? Like, fuck you, bro. <laughs> that man absolutely meant that. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, you can't convince me otherwise. He's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> and someone out there drink a fucking Lysol and more power to him. <laughs> and on that note. Yeah, on that note, um, you know, this was a Different Animals podcast. Uh, I hope it was entertaining. Um, you can catch us on Instagram and Twitter at uh, diff animals pod. Um, we have an email different animals podcast at gmail.com. You have any suggestions? Um, definitely hit us up with those. Uh, give us, give us a review. Uh, I would like to like to emphasize that, uh, generally the way the world works, despite, you know, logic is that a five-star review means it's good. And a four-star review means it's a fucking problem. Um, anybody that's had any sort of customer service experience where like a person yes. rates you nine out of 10, they're like, um, so what the fuck went wrong? And the answer is nothing. It was a fucking nine out of 10. Uh, right. But, yes. So, yes. These aren't movie reviews where a B is okay. We need five stars. This is like, imagine you're in an Uber. We need those five stars. Cause I have been <laughs> in some shitty Ubers and I get out and I'm like, fuck, I almost died. Five stars. <laughs> uh, five star. Love the thrill. Um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, please, please rate us, um, you know, especially us that we're getting started. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything, your thoughts about 1917, shoot us an email. Um, my personal, uh, so yeah, like Tyler said, diff animals pod. That's our ad at both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my personal Instagram is at evercastro92. Um, I, Tyler, you just have a Twitter, right? You don't have an Instagram. So I made an Instagram, and there's not a single fucking thing on it because I hate taking pictures. But Twitter and Instagram, you can catch me at tmoneybags. Uh, money spelled M-U-N-N-Y. Uh, we'll throw all of this in the notes underneath the show. Um, anything else? 
no, that's it. Just stay safe, stay healthy, and you know, hopefully, we'll be able to give you another one of these episodes soon. Definitely. So I'm gonna I'm play this outro music. We're gonna get going. Hopefully, we'll catch you in two weeks. By some miracle, this goes smooth. Maybe in a week, we'll we'll figure it out. You know, I hope everyone has a good time. Like you said, stay safe. Yo, also, one thing ever. Yeah. Mitt Romney don't pay no taxes.